Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Brad Hicks, and this is the Spooky SLV Podcast. Let's get started. Good evening, folks. We are back again, and we have two stories for you tonight from Sierra Grand students and uh, one H.P. Lovecraft short story. Um, it's one of his stories that I haven't read before, so we'll have to see how it goes. But uh, let's get going and see what we got. All right. First story tonight is entitled Sally by Alyssa Nail. Sitting in the antique store window laid a primordial doll that's presence left a fit linger of hazard and instability. As window shoppers would approach this doll, an endangering chill would bolt through their body. Almost all of this, almost all of the antique store shoppers stayed clear of this doll, all except for a girl named Katie. While window shopping one day, Katie's eyes scanned everything in the antique store window. Nothing stood out to her except a doll sitting in the corner caught her eye. Katie observed the doll. She noticed its tangled brown hair and the cracks and scars on the doll's face. Katie peered closer to the window. With her breath slightly fogging up the glass, she noticed burn marks slightly luring up towards the neck. However, the scars were mostly covered by her rag-like clothing. Curious, Katie entered the antique shop and strutted towards the worker. He was a tall, sluggish man with a dirty brown jumpsuit on his on with his boots completely covered in mud. What can you tell me about the doll on display? she asked curiously. The man looked startled and somewhat mortified by her interest in the doll. That doll ought to be returned more than a dozen times by collectors who were interested in it. All of them seemed paranoid and petrified of this doll. On the bottom of her foot she has a name written on it. Sally. If you know what's good for you, you ought to leave and keep that doll out of your mind. Shoppers have said that doll is cursed and alive. The man's face flashed pale and gave an expression that sent chills through Katie's body. Taking the warning, Katie left the shop briskly. She kept getting flashes inside her head of the doll, its scars, and its torn-down clothes. While walking down the parking lot, something seemed off to Katie. She felt as if she was being watched or followed. Katie left her home in a hurry. Even after she was miles away from that antique shop, she still felt the lingering presence of Sally. Deciding to just sleep off the events of today, Katie assumed she would wake up tomorrow and the feeling of alertness and paranoia would be gone. Early in the morning, Katie woke up in a sweat. She jolted out of her bed, her eyes peering in front of her. She saw Sally sitting at the edge of her bed, staring at her. A panic and fear rushed through her body that she had never felt before. Her body went into fight-or-flight mode, and she sprinted out of her bedroom, throwing the doll into the wall during the process of fleeing. Running into her kitchen, about to grab the phone, Katie thought to herself that maybe it was a cruel joke by, played by one of her friends, or that she had to have a reasonable explanation for Sally. Gathering up the courage, Katie slightly opened her door. She saw Sally laying on the ground in the same position she left the room in. Grabbing a box and duct tape, she scooped the doll up and sealed it shut. She put the box in her trunk and drove rapidly to the old antique store. Pulling into the parking lot, Katie scurried out of the car, grabbing the box ready to return Sally. Katie walked up to the antique shop building she was just at the other day, and confusion overflushed her. 
The windows were boarded up and the antique shop sign was gone. It looked as if the shop was never there. Circling in confusion and fear, Katie asked the nearest pedestrian, Do you know what happened to the antique shop that was here just yesterday? The pedestrian looked confused and said, This building has been abandoned for years. Too many health hazards and the structure is unsafe. Any smart business owner would stay away from that building. Terrible for business. At that moment, Katie started overthinking everything from the events, the events of the other day. Holding the box in her hand, she wondered what to do with it. She glanced over at the dumpster at the side of the building. She rushed over and threw the box inside and made sure the lid was shut. Returning back to her car, Katie had a weary feeling that it wasn't over. First fiction story written by one of the students. Alyssa, that was a good story. I like that one. I hate creepy dolls, but I like the story. <laughs> Thanks for your submission, dear. Okay, next story is entitled Unwanted by Angelo Valencia Lucero. This story is told from my mom's point of view and it is set in the town of San Luis. My kids and I had just moved out of my ex's house and we thought this would be a new start for us. We rented a house that was in the shape of an L and my niece was living with us at the time. The middle section that connected the two branches of the house was the kitchen area. My bedroom was towards the back and my niece and the kids room were in the front part of the house. The front was a new addition and therefore had electric heating, carpeting and a fireplace. The kitchen was very old, big and cold. Upon moving in, it was wintertime and the house was always very cold. Very, very cold. I think I had gone through a whole tank full of propane gas to try and heat the house. I even had the propane company come out to check the tank for flaws because I felt it was going through the propane way too much. Since it was always so cold, I would not allow my kids to stay in the back or sleep there so they wouldn't get sick or be uncomfortable. My niece was helping me and was in high school at the time, so she would often be out with her friends while I was home trying to set things up and figure out how to keep the house warm. While I was there alone moving in, I would hear things in the house, but I just thought that they were because of the house settling or the wind blowing or something of that nature. There were a few times when I heard walking of footsteps and thought that my niece was home. I would come out into the kitchen and call for her only to find out that there was nobody there. I would just dismiss it and go back to doing what I was doing. I continued to hear footsteps and other creepy noises for about a week. But by then I did not want to tell my niece and scare her. Finally she approached me and asked me if my ex had come over to the house the night before. I told her no and that I was not speaking to him so he would never come to the house. She stated that in the front part of the house in the new addition there was a door there. She said she was lying in bed and felt the left the door to her bedroom open so that the heat from the electric heater could come in. As she was falling asleep, she heard a female voice and a male voice talking and whispering. She thought it was me and my ex. She said that she remembered that she had opened the front door to let him in, and that she looked up, she saw two shadowy figures walk by the door, and again, she just dismissed it as it was being me and my ex. I had informed her that I was already asleep by the time she had gotten home, and I did not have anybody there. That's when I decided to explain the voices and footsteps that I would hear. We started being more mindful of those noises and figures in the house and were continued to have an eerie feeling in the house. After a while, we started getting an uneasy feeling, like something or someone did not want us in the house. 
we started avoiding going home at times. The two of us had two of us had to stay at my mother-in-law's house with the kids. Around this time, I was homecoming, so my niece was helping decorate floats and hanging out with her friends. I decided one particular night that it was just way too cold for us to stay there, so I texted my niece to tell her that we'd be staying at my mother-in-law's house and to get her stuff and meet me there. I proceeded to go into the house and get some more clothes for my children as well as clothes for me. I walked into the first part of the house where the children's room was and started collecting their clothes. I suddenly had this overwhelming feeling of fear, like someone or something did not want me there. The feeling that overcame me was a feeling of anger. I then tried to hurry to get the clothes and the feeling got worse and worse. Upon my entrance of the house, through the kitchen back door, I purposely left the door unlocked so that I could just run in and out as quickly as possible. As I was getting the kids' clothes, I knew I needed to leave immediately since the feeling of fear and anxiety was becoming overwhelming. I did not even finish packing their clothes, nor did I even go down the hall to get my clothes. I ran to the kitchen. At that time, the light in the kitchen turned off. I reached for the door, and the door was locked. I was crying by this point. I felt a woman standing beside me whispering in my ear to get out. I flipped on the kitchen light and turned around. Nobody was there. I opened the door and ran out. As I was driving down the driveway in the kitchen window, I could see a woman with red hair, white flaky skin, and black cold eyes standing there with such an evil gaze. I immediately called my niece to tell her not to go to the house, and I told her about my experience. I got all my family members and my friends to help us move out, of, out all of our stuff the next day. We never again, we never returned again, nor do I want to. Yeah, you don't want to go back to a house where somebody's just pissed at you, especially if that somebody's been dead for a while. That's a that was a good one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, the final story tonight is by H.P. Lovecraft, and it is entitled, As a Thought. When age fell upon the world, and wonder went out of the minds of men, when gray cities reared to smoky skies, tall towers grim and ugly, in those shadows none might dream of the sun or of spring's flowering meat, when learning stripped the earth of her mantle of beauty and poets sang no more of twisted phantoms seen with bleared and inward-looking eyes, when these things had come to pass and childish hopes had gone away forever, there was a man who traveled out of life on a quest into the spaces whither of the world's dreams had fled. Of the name and abode of this man little is written, for they were of the waking world only. Yet it is said that both were obscure. It is enough to say that he dwelt in a city of high walls where sterile twilight reigned, that he toiled all day among shadow and turmoil, coming home at evening to a room whose one window opened not to open fields and groves, but onto a dim court where other windows starred, stared in dull despair. From that casement one might see only walls and windows, except sometimes when one leaned so far out and peered at the small stars that passed. And because mere walls and windows must soon drive a man to madness, who dreams and reads much, the dweller in that room used night after night to lean out and peer aloft to glimpse some fragment of things beyond the waking world and the tall cities. After years, he began to call the slow-sailing stars by name and to follow them in fancy when they glided regretfully out of sight. Till at length his vision opened to many secret vistas whose existence no common eye suspected. 
And one night a mighty gulf was bridged, and the dream-haunted skies swelled down to the lonely watcher's shadow to merge with the close air of his room and to make him a part of their fabulous wonder. There came to that room wild streams of violet midnight glittering with dusts of gold, vortices of dust and fire swirling of the ultimate spaces and heavy with perfumes from beyond the worlds. Opiate oceans poured there, litten by suns that the eye may never behold. And having in their whirlpools strange dolphins and sea nymphs of unrememberable depths. Noiseless infinity eddied around the dreamer and wafted him away without touching the body that leaned stiffly from the lonely window. And for days not counted in men's calendars the tides of far spheres that bore him gently to join the course of other cycles that tenderly left him sleeping on a green sunrise shore, a green shore fragrant with lotus blossoms and starred by red camelotus. Yeah, that's one I had never read before. That was actually, I kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> Rather short, which is fine, but uh, that's an example of H.P. Lovecraft stories. Yeah, I am a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft, and... Uh, I rather enjoyed that one there. So, that's it for me tonight, folks. Thanks for listening. Okay, folks, that's it for tonight, and I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed yourself. It was kind of nice reading that H.P. Lovecraft story. I, I, I really do enjoy his work. He's, he, he gets wordy. <laughs> and some of the words, you all, I, honestly, when I first started reading H.P. Lovecraft, I had to go through a dictionary and figure out what some of the words he was saying meant. But, uh, you know, once you get into it, you get into it. And some of his stories are really just damn creepy. <laughs> but uh, we'll go ending tonight with a... Uh, Giving a shout out to my uh, friend Andreas Herrera, who uh, gave me the opening music and the closing music for this podcast. And uh, just want you guys to give him a, uh, a listen and show him some love. He's got his own podcast called the Decibels Deep Podcast on Spotify. You can also find him on Instagram via that name, the Decibels Deep Podcast, or by Entropy in Motion. He's a very good musician. You'll like his stuff. He's the one who got me started on all this, so I, I got to show him some love on that one. But um, I'm not going to talk about support tonight. And the only thing I'm going to say is please just turn in submissions for stories. I love hearing stories from the San Luis Valley, whether they be, you know, unexplained creepy stuff, ghosts, uh, cryptids, Bigfoot, prairie dragons, UFOs, doesn't matter. Hell, and if it's fiction, if it's fiction, we've had our first turned in fiction story by a kid from Sierra Grand High School, which I'm absolutely thrilled with. Thank you, Alyssa. So, you know, we do fiction on here too. So if you've got stories you want to read, or I'm sorry, if you've got stories you want to write and send in, please send them in to spookyslvpodcast at gmail.com. Folks, thanks. Have a good evening.